Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for pressing play or download or stream on this, the latest episode of The Curated Culture. I am your gracious, humble host, Rob, a.k.a. Robbie Diesel. And today we got a solo open for the show. That's right, man. We're doing uh, doing something a little different today. Today we got an interview that I recorded a couple of months ago with a good friend of mine, Miss Janae Price. That's right. We sat down and talked about her growing up in Flint, Michigan and early life and world travels and things like that. And uh, what led to her writing her book about dealing with depression and anxiety. It's a very, very good chat. I'm really excited for you all to hear the episode. But before we get into it, I just want to thank you guys again for supporting the show. And if you haven't done so already, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you drop us a five star rating or review and make sure that you're subscribed to the show. Those two things help out our algorithm tremendously, helps us get in front of more eyes and more ears. Thank you guys so very much. Here we go. Miss Janae Price on the Curated Culture. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for downloading or streaming or click and play on YouTube on this episode of The Curated Culture. I have a very, very special guest with me today. Um, I, I know that she has a ton of mutual friends with me, so I'm really interested to find out how we know so many of the same people. Um, a, a new author just published a book, which I'm excited to talk about that. Miss Janae Price, how are you doing today, Janae? I am well. How are you? I'm I'm doing fantastic. First and foremost, I want to thank you so very much for um taking the time out to speak with me today. No problem, no problem. Thank you for the invitation, the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, some something like I I had to have you on here because somebody would comment something on Facebook or somebody would post something on Facebook and I would see you in the likes and I'm like how. How does she know this person? And then it's, it's like across the board. So um, the first thing that I want to ask is um, straight straight from the, the mouth here, what is or who is Janae Price? Okay. So Janae, <laughs> me. <laughs> um, so a little bit of background, I guess I can give you a story about who I, where I'm from. Yes. Um, so I grew up in Beecher, um, which... For those who aren't familiar, it's this little school district that's, it's a suburb of Northern Flint. Um, that's my background. That's where I grew up. That's what I'm familiar with. Um, and so a lot of people who are from Flint or who live in Flint, they they have this distinction between Flint and Beecher. <laughs> but people outside of Beecher and Flint have no idea why there's this, this, um, this, 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 this distinction. Um, but I mean, all in all, we exist because Flint exists, to be completely honest. Uh, the people who were transported from the Flint era, they left Flint and went into Beecher. So we're all really the same. Hey, all, <laughs> all cut from the same cloth, mostly. All cut from the same cloth. So. <laughs> right on. Yeah. What, kind of, uh, what, what kind of student were you in school? Did you gravitate towards certain subjects or were you just like all around bookworm? Okay, I wouldn't consider myself a bookworm. <laughs> Um, so I graduated from Beecher High School 2004. I was actually class valedictorian. Um, I ended up, I don't consider myself a bookworm, but I did read. I mean, I did what was required for school. (laughs) And then of course, if there was something interesting out that I wanted to read, I read for personal pleasure, just 
as beneficial to me supposedly or you know whatever um but I was an athlete so I played sports I was involved in extracurricular activities outside of sports I was in a pre-college program through University of Michigan Flint at the time it was called the Wade McCree incentive scholarship program that has been evolved or I guess reprogrammed or rebranded I guess to be the um, CEO program now so it still functions it's still a pre-college program that works with high school students and preparing them for life beyond high school and of course that was a four-ride scholarship so I went to University of Michigan Flint on a four-ride. Wow. Yeah so I graduated from U of M Flint uh, with a BBA in finance or business administration in 2009 um, I did a lot of study abroad. So when I was in high school, I was part of the international studies program. So we actually traveled to Mexico, Puerto Rico, and I went, we went to Hawaii as well. There was a long story behind that, but <laughs> the, the program was to do international travel and Hawaii sure. technically is not international, but we, we were able to make it work um, because 9-11 happened. And when 9-11 right. happened, it changed the direction that we were allowed or encouraged to travel to. And so Hawaii was allowable because of that. Okay. Um, and yeah, in college, I graduated, I traveled to China and I did Japan twice. Um, and that was because there were study abroad programs. The China program was related to business because I was a business student. And then with Japanese, it was just Japanese language. So I went there and I studied language. I did a semester in 2007 in the summer. And in 2009, I did a full year. Or 2008, 2009, I did a full year in Japan. Okay. That, that's crazy interesting. So very well traveled. Uh, <laughs> as, as a young person, being from, you know, a, a small city, small town in like Flint, how, how does being exposed to so many different countries and cultures shape your worldview? Like, did, did it change your opinion of home at all? So I did have the pleasure of playing AAU basketball when I was in middle school. And of course, most of my teammates were, were white or other, other, you know, other. basically weren't black or white. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that actually did kind of help expand my scope when it came to that. Cause like, okay, obviously not everyone who's not black, who's not Hispanic, who's not whatever, you know, not, we're not, we're not being treated that way by everyone who's white, you know, right. it was just certain individuals. Um, but then traveling to other countries, it just expanded my uh, understanding of other cultures to a larger level. Okay. Um, we only know what we know based on what we're exposed to unless we research or unless we choose to experience something different. And me being able to experience these other cultures in real time firsthand, not just from someone else's experiences, but my own personal experiences, I was able to recognize how there are so many similarities between us. I mean, particularly in East Asia, some of the experiences they've had in China and Korea, whatever, um, they have experiences, even the indigenous people in those countries, they've had experiences that are very similar to what indigenous people and First Nations people have experienced here in America. Um, okay. Even similar situations to the, the issue with racism, colorism, all those things exist in these other countries and other cultures, just like they exist here. Which is, is crazy to, to hear that, you know, like you would think that maybe it was, you know, an isolated incident or something like that, but it, it is, it isn't. And it's, it's a poison in, in my opinion, that is, is apparently happening on a global level. Um, now I, I want to bounce back to the, to the sports thing. Um, what, what sports did you play? So middle school, I was involved in softball. 
basketball, volleyball, and I ran track and field. In high school, I did volleyball, track and field, and high, um, and basketball. So I only okay. did three uh, cheerleading. I knew something. I did cheerleading. Ah, uh, yes. School, okay. So. <laughs> right on. Did you have a favorite? Yeah. Deep sigh. <laughs> I don't think so. No. I mean, no favorite. they were. I mean, I guess if I were to hindsight, if I were to have gone to college for a sport, it would have been track. Okay. So I guess you could say that was a favorite, but. <laughs> At the time, none of those were my favorite because you had to work so hard. <laughs> right, right. There's so, a lot of effort that goes into it. Exactly. Sure. Definitely. So you you graduate with the um, with the um, degree in finance. Where does that take you after college? Not in the finance job. No. <laughs> not at all I hear that so much I hear so many people like I I went to college and I was in love with this particular subject or to find a job within this particular field but something took me the way opposite direction way opposite direction (laughs) so which is interesting because a lot of what I experienced during that time is what led to me writing this book Um, but I couldn't find a job interesting right and so what's crazy because so my concentration is finance but on my diploma it just says bachelor's of business administration right so you see that it's a business degree right and when I graduated the people that I saw who were with me who started with me and graduated with me um that who were getting jobs white men right Mm -hmm. white women who already had a plug and then there were some some black women who had the privilege of getting internships, right? So those are the ones that I saw actually getting hired in the business field. Right. Um, and that's not to say that other people didn't. That's just what I saw. The people that mm-hmm. I actually communicated with, that I followed, that we actually had some form of contact. When I saw them getting jobs, those were the ones who were getting jobs in our career field. Right. I ended up getting a job through GISD, K-12. Like, it has absolutely nothing to do with business. It was all, I worked with children from 2009 until 2017. Okay. All right. And, you know, hearing your, your experience, just, you know, starting out, I I do want to say that the, the story um, isn't an unfamiliar one. Like I hear that quite a bit. Like it's, it's hard, especially black women specifically, to break into that field when, when the competition is, is typically white men or white women um, or people who have like the internships or anything like that. It's like, yo, I went to school for this. I, I know what I'm doing. I just, I need the chance. And for whatever reason, it, it's a, a demographic that continually gets overlooked. Definitely. And I'm always curious about that. Um, so I, I have to ask now, um just to try and just to try and move it into a little lighter subject um you are um friends with a friend of mine i met this guy at a comic con mr tj sterling shout out to tj um how do you guys know each other are you a comic con person (laughs) so actually i'm glad you brought this up (laughs) so when i met tj at a comic con nice my younger brother actually got me into comic conventions. Okay. He he used to attend the one in Flint, the Flint Comics Con. Yeah. And um, that's kind of triggered it all. We, my mom and I went to one um, at the Flint Farmer's Market. 
Mm-hmm. I think that was the first year they had it at the Flint Farmers Market. And my mom and I went and the one of the uh, coordinators from the Grand Rapids Comic Con was there. And he was telling us about their event that was coming up. So this was in 2015. So okay. this was actually, so my mom and I were like, oh yeah, we're excited. We decided that I wanted, I'm sorry, I decided I wanted her <laughs> to make me a costume. <laughs> and so that was the, that was the start of it. So that was in 2015 and we okay. have been going every year ever since. So in 2016, when we returned for the following year, we just saw this bald head, light skinned guy sit at a table, <laughs> waving his arm like this. And I'm, and my, I'm looking at my mom and I was like, do, do you know him? And she's like, no, I think he's just trying to stare at something. Right. So I was like, okay. So we walked over to his table um, and then he started talking to us about his his company, you know, Rick Comics mm-hmm. and about Okima's, his, his comic book series. And that just kind of started it all. So after we met him, we just continued to follow him. So every year when we go to the Grammys Comic Con, we always see him and we make sure that we stop at his table and have a conversation. Right on. And so I came across you because we were following his page and we saw that you did an interview with him mm-hmm. that was posted on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I followed you on YouTube and then fast forward to like what last year, a couple years ago, I got, cause I had got off Facebook. I got off of all social media. When I came okay. back on, um, I saw, of course, TJ and I became friends on Facebook. I saw your name pop up. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to send him a request. <laughs> <laughs> and they showed that we had all these friends in common. And I was like, you know, th- like Randall Wilburn is one yeah. person. Like, I was like, you know Randall? You know, I'm like, these are people that I know know. Right. And so then I'm like, you're from Flint? Born like, and I raised. Know <laughs> and that's really what happened <laughs> yeah i was i saw the name and i was like man how does she know wait how does she know her she's friend with him too but i mean here in the background it all makes sense you know flint is, is such a small in beecher and in mount morris and every everywhere else like it's such a small knit community and, and you know in high school and middle school and stuff like that you had like the school rivalries but as everybody got older and you just kind of cross-pollinate so to speak so it's cool to see that that we run in the, in the same network uh, that was an yeah. awesome discovery for sure um I, I gotta ask too what was the um what was the costume you had made for comic-con it was it was one of um storm okay yeah it's one of the like she had i don't know how to describe that costume but it's like basically black with white i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure every costume that she has has some kind of <laughs> black with white <laughs> Some black, white, black, gold, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's that was it. And so I went there and of course you meet people, you're talking to people and and which is interesting to me because in my small knowledge of comic conventions, I have the assumption that Storm is everywhere. Right. Because how many black comic book superheroes do you really see? Are you really familiar with? So I'm just like, well, everyone cosplays Storm. Right. But someone there told me there's like you rarely see Storm at these comic Con. I'm like, really? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well then I'll just cosplay her every year. And right. I've really been doing that. <laughs> that's dope. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing though. Like, um, cause I, I've been to so many comic cons and it was like, you you didn't, you didn't see Storm a whole lot. You didn't see Black Panther a whole lot until the movie took off. And once the movie took off, then everybody wanted to be T'Challa. Everybody wanted to be Storm. Everybody wanted to be um, Killmonger. 
Um, so that, I mean, that's, that's actually super dope. Um, outside of the comic cons, do you get into any other kind of fandoms? You read comic books, you watch anime, anything like that? I don't read a lot of comic books. I tend to stick with what I like. Okay. And I'm very picky when it comes to things like that. So I follow stories. Um, okay. cause you know, people share things on YouTube where they'll, they'll discuss they break it down their, for yeah, so I'll do things like that. Um, now I I own all of Okimus, right? So I literally have purchased every single one of Ray right. Comics comics. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I have a few because I, I there are just some that I really like, like Black Lightning is one that I made sure that I purchased at least one comic from. Um, same with Black Panther, and then of course Wonder Woman is one of mine, and then Bat Batman is like my favorite. So I definitely have at least one comic. That is a Batman. Yeah, um, good choice. But I'm good choice. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm definitely a, a movie person. But I've kind of always okay. been a film person. Like I go to the movies. That's something that my family and I do for fun. It's always been a thing that we've always done together. Mm -hmm. And so we have always been very intentional about seeing all of the MCU films. And we've nice. always seen them. Like it's always been like we're going to plan to do this as a family together every time. Yeah. Um, so that's that's basically where I am with that. Um, same with anime, I'm picky. Mm -hmm. There are some that I love and there are some that I could, I could, I would be fine if I never see again. <laughs> you know, this is just, that's just how it is. But I do have a few favorites when it comes to those. Okay. And those are the ones that I will watch over and over and over, no matter how long they are. Right. It's like, if it's on, you got to watch it. Yes. I got to. Cool. It's, it's amazing that I have never run into you or maybe I have run into you and just not put the pieces right. together because i i too have been to um grand rapids like every single year except you know last year i don't I, I don't think they put it on last year at least i hope they didn't they did. um but yeah yeah i've been there every single year and and running into tj almost the same exact way <laughs> like he's just flagging <laughs> people down i went over and talked to him and, and let him know who i was and we set up an interview like right there on the spot and oh, dude's wow. just been mad cool ever since so that's cool I'm, I'm curious if i i'm gonna have to comb through my pictures from grand rapids and see if i have any of storm now <laughs> and if i do i'll send it to you okay <laughs> yeah so um i, I want to jump into um what led to you writing your book and then i want to i want to discuss a little bit about the book as well so um give give me that journey what what led to you deciding that you wanted to write a book and then um give us a little bit of info about it if you don't mind so the book is it actually talks about my experience dealing with depression and what i did to really come out of it i again back in 2009 when I graduated I couldn't find a job and at that stage in my life I was so young I just felt like if I couldn't plan my life out then what was the point you know mm -hmm. because nothing was working out in my favor so I thought and so a lot of um a lot of the pain and the I guess the darkness that I felt during that time had a lot to do with these plans that I had that just didn't happen and I felt like I was getting older and it was just like am I getting too old now like how is all this going to play out when I thought it was supposed to happen during this time of my life and it's just nothing's working out and then I was just like experiencing a lot of like medical issues during that time as well so it was just like things that never I never had problems with when I was a kid all of a sudden oh you have to take medicine for this now and I'm like 
what so it was just like a lot of unfortunate experiences that really led to all of these like dark and very depressive thoughts and emotions and I had got to the place where I didn't really want to be around people and it was just really bad I was like I wasn't eating properly I wasn't sleeping properly it was just a lot of self-care that wasn't taking place mm-hmm. and so it I mean it it, ha- it was over a series of years I remember going to the doctor and the doctor I had at the time and she would ask me almost every visit are you depressed and I was like no <laughs> <laughs> I tell her no because in my mind I wasn't right, right. and from what I knew about it, all they're gonna do is give me some medicine. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be medicated to make me worse than what I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll just tell her no. Right. Uh, but it did, it took, it took some, you know, some conversations with the right people mm-hmm. to really make it clear to me what was going on. And it was like, okay, I need to deal with this. And so I had gotten to the point where I was finally coming out of it where. I was like, maybe I should like write about this. You know, I think like, I think God was really telling me that I need to share my story. Yeah. Um, And then interesting enough, um, a friend of mine who actually graduated from Beecher as well a year after I did, she had just released her book. um, And it was a book of poems that she had written that really kind of described some experience that she had in her life. And it was just right after that, it hit me. It was just like, you need to do that. Right. And so I was just like, okay. So I reached out to her because I had like a little intro thing that I had done. You know, Mm -hmm. when I initially planned to do it, I thought I was going to have like uh, a collaborative piece of work where people from different um, backgrounds, different experiences would share pieces of their story. And we could all just kind of share it and express, hey, this is something that we've all experienced, but this is where we are now. But it ended up evolving from that to just being a whole book that expressed my experiences. And then now it's so basically it's a 40-day devotional that kind of goes through the stuff that I kind of went through and just kind of gives people encouragement on what to do to kind of really be liberated from that type of um, thought process and that spiritual and emotional bondage, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I, I myself have not picked up the book yet, but I know for certain that I'm, I'm definitely going to a, cause I got to support you and B because that's, that's something within my wheelhouse. I feel like, um, you know, depression and anxiety, is something that especially in our community is is rampant but we don't necessarily have the the space or the place to really talk about it or you kind of just you get it in your within yourself even from you you're like no I'm not what depressed no no I'm fine and you know sometimes you can't really talk to your friends about it or anything like that and that that also makes it a little heavier so I definitely, definitely dig that. And I'm, I'm so glad and proud of you that you were able to power through it and, and even more proud that you wrote a book about it. That's, that's some awesome stuff. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It, it took, took some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took some time to write that. Cause that was very, you're sharing a lot of personal things that strangers could read about, let alone yeah. people that you know. And then these are people who you know, were around me during that time who had no idea that I was dealing with this. So yeah, absolutely. Pretty eye-opening. Yeah, yeah. That's did you did you have any apprehension about that part of it at all in terms of opening up or or was it just like a this is how I feel if I can share this maybe it'll help somebody else out sort of thing? It was, you know, once my sister read parts of it and Mm -hmm. I got her feedback, I was done. Like, that was it for me. It was like, when she gets it, she's like, 
yo, this is, I was experiencing the same type of thing during the exact same time period. I was like, okay, well, we're going to have to do this because <laughs> clearly more people, especially during that, that age group are going through this. And it's like, why, why keep it quiet? You know? Right. For sure. That makes sense. Again, very, I'm, I'm so proud. I'm, I'm glad that you finally did that. And um, what I'll have you do after we wrap this up is um, shoot me a link to where people can buy the book and I'll put it in the notes for the show here. Um, so I, I got to ask you about your shirt and I see it on social media, the call me Miss Royalty. Is that like a new branding thing that you're going after? Or is that just something that kind of came off the fly? So, well, this is this part of my branding. So okay. actually during my journey, when I was coming out of that situation, that was one of the experiences that I had, where it's like I was in prayer and God was talking about new identity with me. And my, so I was like, he gave me a new name. So it was like, he called me royalty. So ever mm. since then, I've been going by that Miss um, Royalty. Um, so, so that's that what Miss Royalty came from. So okay. calling me Miss Royalty is literally was birthed from that whole experience right <laughs> and I yeah so but the good thing about it is that I, I do have a website because I do blog okay um, and I write just kind of my thoughts about different topics and my YouTube channel has the same name and my YouTube is a little bit different I don't necessarily talk about my personal experiences as much as I do with the blog but I do mm -hmm. highlight um, small businesses because that's what I really wanted to do I wanted to push all these businesses that I know that I've supported especially over the past couple of years. Um, and especially if they're from Flint, from Michigan, because right. I just felt like a lot of these brands, people just need to know that they existed. So people could think outside of their own circles. Definitely. Granted, these, these brands are doing very well, but it was just like some of them people had never heard of. And I was mm -hmm. like, at the time, a lot of people hadn't heard of Garden of Glam, you know what I'm saying, or Double Tape Fashion. And it was like, well, why not? I support them. Why not support them by sharing what they do and who they are? Right. And that's that's super dope because, you know, as you're aware, being from from Flint, um, people kind of pigeonhole us. You know, it's, it's you know, this this low income area, they have terrible water. It's, it's all, you know, death and destruction. But some of the single most creative people that I've ever met and or known have come from Flint and that's that's super dope that you you make it a point to highlight those people absolutely in fact this shirt was actually done by a Flint native I don't know if you're familiar with um Tisha Bradford I'm sorry she's married um we got Tisha a new Smith. last name Tisha yes. okay Tisha I am not Smith <laughs> um but she's a graphic designer from Flint um, okay she, she, I believe she graduated from Mary, Mary Girl College, um, art degree. She's just fantastic. She's actually the person I went to for my website, for my logo. She actually did this shirt for me. Um, she's amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. She's, again, she's from Flint, young woman, because I was really, at the time, I was really focused on finding as many Black women from the area as possible that I could work with. And so she was literally the first one that I, that I, that I uh, connected with and I've been whirling with her ever since. <laughs> and that's dope. There's nothing wrong with that at all. That's super awesome. Um, so I, I got to um, ask at least one more question, maybe two before we start wrapping up here. Um, what is, what does 2021 hold for you? New opportunities. Some that are beyond my, my imagination. Um, so the book is out. I'm definitely going to be intentional about promoting the book and, and sharing the book and making sure people um, are aware of it 
Yeah. Um, do you have a copy is, of it with you? I do not because I, I gave ah. it away. Ah. I literally just gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do have, because I also released a reflection journal and an eight-week planner to okay. go with the book. Oh, okay. So I do have those. Go ahead. Um, so promote so away. Journal is, uh, the reflection journal is literally a reflection journal. So it's okay. just like blank pages for journaling and writing. And because of the questions that are asked in the book, there are some space for writing in the book, but not a whole lot. So I figured that if people had the journal, it would give them some more space to write so they can write more if they choose to. Um, and then if they want to write beyond the experience of the book, that's this is fine for that as well. Um, so I have that. And then I have an eight-week planner that actually works alongside with the book. So if you're actually tracking your day, like using a calendar to count like your 40 days, if you're doing a full 40 days, or if you want to go less than that or whatever, um, the calendar keeps track of your dates for you. So you can actually tap when you started, when you ended. Um, but there are also guided questions within the planner to kind of help uh, go along with the questions you're being asked in the book. Now, the good thing about these that I actually include poems that I wrote during the time that I was dealing with all of that stuff. So you won't get this in the journal. You won't get it in the book, but you wouldn't get it in the eight-week planner if you buy it. And I have That's it in awesome. two sizes. Yep, I have it in eight and a half by um, 11. And I have in, uh, I just did that backwards. So I have it in a five and a half by eight and a half. There we go. <laughs> That's eight. eight and a half by eleven. <laughs> Right on, right and on. it's coil bound so people can flip it, um, right. and and write in it. So yeah, there's like, I guess I can show a couple of. It won't fail. So like, this is one of the poems that's in it. I don't know. If okay. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Just focused in. Yep, and then there's like a space on the black to do a reflection on you know the poem, like anything you may have gotten out of the poem when you read it. Okay. And then of course there are some quotes in here, and then there's just a space for like your weekly planning. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, that is what I have. And I think it'll help um, with people who are really intentional about writing things down and writing their thoughts down. Yeah. Uh, this is just a good way to do that, especially, especially if you're going through the devotional in the book. Yes, absolutely. And this is always good, you know, especially, um, you know, in, in the depression, in the anxiety arena, the mind can get so noisy at times. Writing things out or writing them down can be um, cathartic, like super yes. helpful. So that's awesome. That's that's super dope. Um, what was what was the name of the book again? The name of the book is "The Process of Letting Go." Okay, forty days of rediscovery and healing. Awesome. Dope, dope. So I'll make sure that we drop a link to uh, where you can go and buy everything in the description of the show notes. Um, lastly, where can people find you on the socials to keep up with your journey and your progress? You, you on Instagram, Twitter, anything like that? Drop the handles, please. So I am on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, I'm, I'm call me underscore Miss Royalty. On YouTube, I'm call me Miss Royalty. And on Facebook, there's a Facebook business page now that's call me Miss Royalty. <laughs> you go call me Miss Royalty, you'll find me. Right. Um, <laughs> basically yeah and i don't have a twitter should i have a twitter uh 
I don't I I always see I'm a big social media guy. So I'm like, yeah, you should 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. Twitter is is kind of like um, people look at me weird when I say this. Um, Twitter is like micro dosing for your message. You know, um, you can get uh, one point or one thing out and reach so much more people a little bit faster even than you do on Instagram or Facebook because of the algorithm, right? The algorithm has to put you in front of people. Whereas with Twitter, you have a higher chance of that happening. Um, So yeah, I I think so. Worst case scenario, you just have another social media account that you use or don't use, but right. I'll have a Twitter. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Good news. Awesome. So Janae, I want to thank you so very much for being on. You are a wonderful, fantastic guest. I am um, I'm very proud that you took the journey that you took and that you came out even even shinier on the other side of it. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you for being on. Thank you. And thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. You have no idea how many times people say that wrong. How do how do they say it? Everything but Janae. Jeannie. <laughs> yep. I, matter of fact, I just got that when I had a phone call earlier today, and they're like, "Is it Jeannie? Jeannie?" I'm like, "It's Janae." <laughs> yeah, no, no. See, so I, I am, I fancy myself a writer too, and I, and I notice the accent mark over the e, and I'm like, "Nah, I'm not, I'm not going to get this wrong because I don't want to, I don't want to be on my show looking like a clown." So <laughs> I, gotta, well, I, I appreciate that. I got to pronounce the name right. So thank you for being on. I appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys, that was our conversation with Janae Price. I want to take this moment to thank Janae for being on once again. You guys can pick up her book right now. The Process of Letting Go, 40 Days Rediscovery and Healing available right now on Amazon. The link to purchase the book will be in the show description down below. So make sure you check that out, man. Support her. She's a very, very wonderful, brilliant young woman. And uh, we wish her all the best in success. And uh, that's it, man. We're out of here. Thank you all for listening to this week's show. Again, if you want to follow us over on social media, please do via at underscore curated culture on Twitter at the curated culture on Facebook, Instagram. I myself am at Robbie Diesel everywhere. You can also follow Maria via at Red One Maria all over the place. YouTube.com slash Robbie Diesel where we'll actually have the video version of this interview up and rolling as well. And then, of course, check out the curatedculture.com, y'all. Make sure y'all support the site as well. Thank you guys again so very much for listening to this episode. I am your gracious, humble host, Robbie Diesel. I'm going to catch y'all on the next one, man. Peace.